0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Atlas Podcast, episode 83. I am Matt Rodriguez, the owner and chief editor of ShakeFire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney of
1: LastOneToLeadWithTheatre.com and ATLCW.TV.
0: And we are Emma-less for the, the first podcast of 2018. Um, she is off in Nashville, Tennessee, doing, doing what Emma does best, so uh, I'm sure she'll be back next week and she'll probably talk to us a little bit about what she's up to and her trip and all the crazy stuff she's up to. So um, how are you doing, Mike? How's how's your new year been?
1: Um, it's been busy. they um, yeah. Other not movie wise, but uh, work wise has been busy. And we did we did have a couple of parties that we went to last weekend. So that was fun. One was a game night and then the other one was obviously a New Year's Eve party. So and you actually went to two New Year's Eve
0: parties that night. Yeah, I did. I hopped around town a bit, you know. Had to spread the love. <laughs> but um yeah. It was it was fun ushering in two thousand eighteen, saying goodbye to two thousand seventeen. Which we're about to jump right into because we're gonna kick things off with the uh the top films of two thousand seventeen, you know. <laughs> I would say it's, it was actually a really strong year for films, wise. Like looking over, you know, all the films we saw and stuff. And I know you keep a running track of everything you see, and you have your list. Like, what's what was your final number for the year? Now, my final number was I saw 305
1: uh, new movies. Um, those are all theatrical releases, or they released on Netflix. Uh, so 305, which is not a record. Uh, last year, I saw 340. So, But I usually average over 300 years, so I hit 305.
0: Nice, nice. So um, let's just kick it off, and what were your, your top films from the year? Um, well, my
1: first one was Baby Driver. I mean, I just fell in love with that movie when I saw it as South By. Um, it's just a great movie, and, and I think what we all loved about it, uh, living in Atlanta, is the fact that it was made in Atlanta, and it was a set in Atlanta. And that made it even more fun for me because I recognize so many places, especially downtown. um, That was just a lot of fun. And it's also a really good movie.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I am the exact same way. Um, Baby Driver was definitely my number one film. You know, all the reasons you said um, the music is just amazing in the film and the way it syncs up with all the action and excitement that's going on is just it's perfect. You know, it's like I love all of Edgar Wright's movies, but I think. I honestly think this is my favorite of his that he's done so so yeah baby driver is definitely my number one as well um for me uh it was a close second and third i would say um i had ladybird and get out ladybird was my number two and then get out was my number three
1: yeah I, i had i had the same thing uh except i had a reverse order i had get out uh, my number two and Lady Bird is my number three. Um, I fell in love with both of those movies uh, for very different reasons. Get Out was so creative, um, and uh, it's really hard. You know, we see a lot of bad suspense films,
0: and <laughs> which which we may talk about yes in yes in the second portion of this podcast yes.
1: But when you <laughs> see a really good suspense film like Get Out is an original uh, film like it is it's just so much fun and it's such a a great movie and it's such a great idea and it hits on a whole bunch of different levels and some really good acting in it too also and and the dialogue is really crisp in it
0: Mm -hmm. and just the directing for both of these films i mean this was directorial debuts for both jordan peele and greta gerwig and both of them just absolutely nail it so like I personally can't wait to see, you know, what they're going to be doing next, you know, like, I know Jordan Peele has been attached to um, a Twilight Zone reboot that they're going to be doing, so, you know, that, that seems right up his alley, especially, like, after Get Out, and, you know, seeing maybe it could be, I don't know, I could see it going, like, in, like, almost a black mirror direction with that, and I think he would just be amazing at it.
1: Yeah, and, and when you talk about Lady Bird, you have to talk about Laurie Metcalf's performance because it's just an amazing performance. She's so good in it. And it, it, she's really not a likable character until maybe the end, but um, it, it it's really hard to play that type of character and still you still root for her, even though she's not the nicest of people.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, she's definitely going to be coming up when it comes to the Oscar talk and you know award season and all that stuff like it'll be interesting to see who gets nominated this year because like it is a really strong year I feel
1: yeah it definitely is um, my, my next movie on, on my list was The Big Sick which um, I just thought was a wonderful movie a wonderful uh, a new take on the romantic comedy um, uh, genre and I thought uh, it was just a very funny and it doesn't feel at all like it's two hours length it just moves right along
0: no yeah i i had been sick, big sick at number five on my list um you know i kumail nanjiani and his wife they uh they wrote the film together and it's basically their their life story their you know how they met and stuff and so it's it's just an amazing film um but I did I did rank It a little higher up on my list. It was number four. Um, Stephen King, Pennywise, the Dancing Clown movie. Um, I, I absolutely loved It. You know, I thought Bill Sarsgaard was amazing as, as Pennywise. You know, he's this terrifying and unsettling clown. And um, just the way they handled the horror film and, you know... Adaptate, adapting a Stephen King's novel. It, I just thought it was perfect. Um.
1: Yeah, I, I, it, it wasn't. It didn't. It, it made my honorable mention, but it didn't make my top ten. Um, but I, I did like the movie a lot. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a really and his Scarface performance is really, really good. Um, I, my next movie on on the scale was the Florida Project, which is just a heartbreaking movie to watch I mean it's a beautiful film but boy it breaks your heart and it breaks your heart a bunch of times and uh, Brooklyn Prince as the as the kid uh, Mooney is absolutely the best thing in the film I mean she makes the film I mean she's intense and she's just you just fall in love with her she's such a great character
0: one of the things I've noticed this year is like there have been a lot of amazing child actors Like between it, Florida Project, um, you know, even like Stranger Things on the TV side of things, like uh, Wonder with um, Jacob Tremblay, we've seen him again. You know, he's already been nominated and stuff for Room, but um, just seeing like the level of skill in these child actors is just been phenomenal this year. I thought.
1: Yep, and and also you can't talk about the Florida Project without talking about Willem Dafoe. Who, who's just is brilliant? He gives a masterful performance as the uh, the downtrodden hotel manager um, who has yeah. to deal with
0: all the the characters in that area. Yeah, um, I like the Florida Project. I didn't like it enough to include it on my my top ten list. <laughs> it just I don't know. Like I like I've been saying, you know, this year has been so good. Like there are so many films that like would easily like I could have easily done like a 25 list.
1: Yeah, I agree. they're I, I,
0: all they're all so good.
1: Yep, I agree. I could have, um, I could have done a 25 list easily also.
0: But um number 6 for me was uh Shape of Water. Guillermo del Toro. Um you know, this is just one of those movies you just can't help but fall in love with, you know, the the way it handles so many different genres and you know, it's The performances, especially by Sally Hawkins and Michael Shannon, are just, they're amazing. And just the way he shapes his films is just, you know, I just, I love all of Del Toro.
1: Yeah, I I, I really loved uh, Shape of Water. It's on my list also. Um, It's, you know, it's just a, a really cool fairy tale set in the backdrop of the Cold War era. In in America, yeah. and it's just it's got so many different angles that it plays, and the cinematography is just amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, was it what where, where where was it on yours?
1: Um, it was right after Florida Project. So what we're okay. on, I guess, number six. seven.
0: No, that was six. Okay, so we've done six. Yeah, okay, we're, six. Ours are shaping up pretty pretty similar. <laughs> Um so next for me um I had The Greatest Showman. Um it didn't get the best reviews but I absolutely loved the movie. Um Hugh Jackman just kills it, you know. You know, everybody thinks of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, but I mean, good god, can he do everything? Like he can sing, he can dance, he can act. Like is there anything he can't do? And um, you know, the songs and the choreography are what really sell this movie and they're what i fell in love with you know like i'm i'm still listening to the soundtrack and i was listening to it before the movie even came out so so yeah i love the greatest showman i don't i didn't care what other people say about it i loved it that was my number seven
1: yeah it didn't make my top 10 but it made my honorable mention um and i loved the music in it um I thought the songs were brilliant um, and I, the choreography is just amazing, and and it gets you right from the start, right that opening number, it it yeah. reels you in, and I thought it was a magical film. Uh, I really liked it. Um, my next film is Call Me by Your Name. Um, I just think it's just a wonderful love story. Um, what I really liked about it is the fact that it's about um, it's about a, a couple that are homosexual. And there's nothing negative in that film about homosexuality. It's all positive. The, the parents of the, of the young man that falls in love with Army Hammer's character are wonderful and supportive. And there's a wonderful scene near the end of the film with, between the father and son that I just just made the movie for me. But that's what I, I loved about it. And, and it's a brilliant story about two people that are, are hesitant to... Uh, to reach out to each other then when they do it becomes magical
0: yeah well i mean it wasn't i love the the cat and mouse game that they play because it's not like this instant you know fairy tale love story you know there's this back and forth because um especially love timothy Chal- chalamet how i don't know how to say his name it is chalamet but um chalamet yep. yeah but i mean it's a name we definitely need to be looking out for because he is just he knocks it away in this. And like, I think this was the second thing I saw him in second movie. I've seen him in, I think Ladybird was the first. Um, I'm pretty sure we saw ladybird lady bird before. Yeah, we did. So, um, that was, and he's just like, he's somebody you definitely want to be out, on the lookout for because he kills it in this. Um, didn't make my top 10, <laughs> but yeah, I still, I still loved it. Uh, Let's see. Number eight for me. This was probably like I haven't seen. Number eight was Colossal for me. I I really enjoyed Colossal. You know, that's it came out earlier in the year. Um, It was with Anne Anne Hathaway, Jason Sudeikis, basically the the giant monster movie that turns out to be something completely different. And, you know, it's talking about friendship and love and obsession. And it's it's this really weird and complex movie that I just I just fell in love with. Um, Jason Sudeikis does a really good job in it. Um, he shows off, you know, a side of him you really don't see. Like, he, you know, he's mostly the funny guy in his films. But this one, you know, it, it gets dark for him. And... He really nails it. So I, I loved Colossal.
1: I like Colossal. I didn't love it. Um, but I'd need to rewatch it because uh, I saw it at South By and I saw it like at a midnight screening. So mm. my, my, uh, my, my vision on that film may be a little skewed yeah. just because of how tired I was when I saw it. Um, but I did enjoy it. Um, and, 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 and Hathaway's really good at it, But I, I agree, Jason Sudeikis is really, really good in it. Uh, my next film is Dunkirk. Um, which I just loved. And one of the things I loved about it is the fact that um, it, it, it's, it's a film that um, it follows three aspects of the evacuation. And, and just know that if you haven't seen it, you're going to watch it, the timeline jumps around a bit. Um, so just know that not everything is taking place at the same time in this movie. Um, but it's just a wonderful tale that's told in three different aspects, from the land, from the air, and from the sea. And what I really liked about it is that for there's some periods of time where there's not any dialogue, it just allows you to soak in the, the beautiful cinematography and soak in the battle sequences especially and how important the music is to, to the film and how important the, the, the cinematography is to the film and also the sound effects. Um, it's just, a I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was it was outstanding.
0: No, yeah, I love Dunkirk as well. Um, Dunkirk was number 10 on my list. So, um, yeah, like like you said, for me, it was the war itself. Like Christopher Nolan really made the war the character, the main character of the film. You know, like all the human people and soldiers, they were just kind of, you know, the side characters, the supporting cast the war itself that was the main focus that was the main character and like you know like you said with the c- cinematography and the music and all that that really is what sold the film like it's just beautiful like this was one of the films you needed to see you know in 70mm imax when it first came out because yeah it's it was an experience unlike anything else it really was um, number 9 for me was War for the Planet of the Apes? Um, I'm really, I was really pushing for Andy Serkis. You know, I love what Andy Serkis has done. You know, for the motion capture and just as Caesar. You know, over the course of these, the three Apes films, what he's done with the character, it's just been amazing. And War, I, I think War is the strongest of all the films. You know, it's got this, it's this big budgeted blockbuster but it plays like an indie almost you know, there really isn't that much war in the film, you know, there's not many battles a lot of it is this personal journey for Caesar that you see and I think it's just, you know, it's one of the best ends to a trilogy that you can that you can have
1: yeah, it didn't make my top ten, but uh, uh, Andy uh, just was so good in the lead role. And it, it's a very personal film. There's a lot of, of emotion in it, and there's a lot of, of inner dealings between characters um, that you don't normally find in this big, big type of blockbuster film. Um, so I, I, I really enjoyed it. It did make my honorable mention. Uh, my number nine was Mudbound which mm. is just an amazing uh, movie uh, that uh, is basically about some men, that two men that come back from, uh, from World War II and how their small southern town has not changed. And they have because they've been out in this horrible world that they had to survive. And they, they basically uh, find a kinship between The two of them, one man is black, one man is white, one is, uh, they're both um, um, kind of broken characters, broken uh, men that are trying to figure out how to come back to the real world and come back to this small town environment that hasn't changed a bit, um, even though their world has changed a great deal. And I thought it was just... um, you know, and the center of this film is, is about family and how they center us and make us feel safe when times are tough and I just love that about this film um, and the cinematography in this film also is just amazing it's such a, a, a brilliant film
0: yeah no I, like, I really like Mudbound as well um, it's out on Netflix so if you haven't watched Mudbound yet do it now because yeah it's, it's great Oh, and you, do you have you, any more on your list? Uh, my last, have... yep,
1: yep. My last one was three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, I like this film, and I put it on my top ten list because the performances are so good that the whole cast in this film is just amazing. Uh, Francis McDormand, of course, is just brilliant mm-hmm. in it. But that the what makes this film is Sam Rockwell. He plays this slightly dim, racist deputy. Who still lives with his mom and he gets drunk on a nightly basis um and he's just so good in this film and then woody Arrelson is is really good in it too um and there's some other uh, cast members i thought it was one of the best um of the uh of the large ensembles. cast films yeah I, I'm, ensembles i thought it was one of the best ensembles because there's not a bad performance in that ensemble yeah
0: no yeah i totally agree um sam rockwell definitely kills it like He's one of the characters like you can hate him, you love him, like you're so conflicted about his character, and he just does it brilliantly. Um, yeah, I loved him in it.
1: Yeah, and then some other notable movies that didn't make my top ten: uh, Wonder Woman, which I just loved, and we all thought was a great fresh breath there, uh, uh, breath there for um, um, uh, for the DC uh, universe. Um, Logan. Uh, with with a really good performances uh, And there's another one where the kid In the, in the, in the movie was, was excellent Yeah um, yep. The Disaster Artist is an amazing uh, Piece of filmmaking um, I really like The Darkest Hour um, um, And then Itonia um, The Post uh, Blade Runner 2049 Coco Which was an amazing movie um, a, a couple of some smaller films uh, Band-Aid which I just fell in love with, a really interesting documentary about cats in a city called Ketty. and then an amazing documentary called Dawson City Frozen Time. Now I highly recommend it. if you haven't seen any of these films, especially the smaller ones like Band Aid or Ketty or Dawson City Frozen Time, go watch them. Uh, most of them are on Netflix or on Amazon, and uh, they're really really good films.
0: Yeah, there's also a you know small small little film. From uh, Paul Thomas Anderson and Daniel Day Lewis, called *Phantom Thread*, which was really good. Um, that's probably going to get a lot of Oscar buzz, of course. But um, but yeah, all the ones you mentioned, you know, I had *Florida Project*, *Call Me by Your Name*, *Mudbound*, *Disaster Artist*. Those were all ones that you know I mentioned in my my top or what would have been top twenty-five, I guess, films. Because yeah, this this year was definitely stacked. But um, 2017's done, so let's move on to 2018. So what's, what are some films you're excited to see? You know, we got a, There's a lot coming out this year. So what what do you what do you highlight?
1: Well, I think I think the first one that comes to mind is Ocean's Eight, um, and it's and it's mostly because it's got an incredible cast with Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, um, Sarah Paulson. And uh, it's just going to be interesting to see what a female-led spinoff of the Ocean's Eleven franchise is going to be like. And I I enjoyed uh, the the Ocean's uh, franchise, Ocean's Eleven franchise, a lot. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: See, I wasn't sold by the trailer that came out. I, you know, um, Kate Blanchett is definitely going to, for me at least, carry that film. Even in the trailer, you can already tell, like. Cate Blanchett is going to be is going to overshadow Sandra Bullock um, but like the trailer didn't exactly do it for me so I'm still excited to see it I still am looking forward to it I'm, I'm a fan of the Ocean's franchise but I'm a little less excited after watching the first trailer you know hopefully the second trailer when we see it eventually it'll come out when does it come out?
1: I'm, I don't remember is it like um, March or hold on, I think I've got the information here Um, but uh, it comes out in June
0: Mm, okay for me the first film I am excited to see this year is Annihilation which is the new film from Alex Garland who did Ex Machina um, which was in my top 10 when it came out and um, this is one it's got Natalie Portman Jennifer Jason Lee, Gina Rodriguez Tessa Thompson, Oscar Isaac it's got this amazing cast And it's just, you know, the trailers have been really intriguing, you know. They haven't given away too much about the film, basically. Um, Natalie Portman is basically going into this biological disaster zone that's basically been, you know, shaped reality. That's reshaped reality, and there's like this monster that's doing it. And basically she's going into it to figure out what happened to her husband. And it just looks like a really weird and really trippy film, and you know, as I said, it's from Alex Garland. So, like, as much as I loved Ex Machina, like, I'm already sold on Annihilation just because of him.
1: Yeah, the movie, the other another movie that I'm really excited for is the is the Deadpool movie. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be out in June, also. Yeah. Um, it just because the first one was so much fun. That's Deadpool is a movie that I can watch over and over and over because. There are so many jokes in it, and and so much stuff going on, that it, and it's so much fun to watch. It's just uh, I'm just looking forward to that a lot. Mm-hmm. I think they, they pulled off the first one brilliantly. I'm hoping they keep the same tone, and irreverence in it, and and just have another blast and tweak you know tweak the Marvel movies and tweak um, you know the movie going experience overall movie going experience also because that's what they did in the first one.
0: I mean, they've already been killing it with the, uh, the promotional material and stuff, like the, uh, the Bob Ross painting trailer that they did and the Thanksgiving poster. like. So they've already been doing a good job promoting it, just like they did the first. So, so yeah, I'm definitely—all the superhero stuff this year is, like, really good. I mean, like, we got Black Panther coming out in February. We got Avengers Infinity War, um, even Aquaman. Which is coming out in I think November. Um, I'm excited about, despite you know, despite the stumbles of the DC universe, I'm still I'm still excited about Aquaman. So I think I think this year will be you know like all previous years have been you know really good for superheroes.
1: Yep, and then of course we have a little a little film called Solo that's coming out. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah uh,
0: we're 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 hopeful about now there's see I wouldn't put that on my most anticipated list just because of you know like all the drama surrounding it and like uh eh, like this I'm more excited for like you know the main like the the what is it a star wars story, the anthology films they haven't completely wowed me yet, i mean maybe maybe they will with the trailer for solo, but it's like. I'm very hesitant about solo.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and then there's one other movie that I'm um, looking forward to, and it could be great or it could be horrible, and that's the the new Laura Croft.
0: It's right t- too, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, the reason why I'm looking forward to it, well, at first thought, the 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 trailer looked amazing. I love the trailer, but it's it's the star, Alicia uh, uh, Vikander is. I just love her, um, and I, it. I'm hoping for good things because, uh, like I said, the the trailer blew me away. Um, mm-hmm. Tomb Raider comes out in March.
0: Yeah, so you know I've I've played the Tomb Raider games and stuff, and so like that the trailer is almost pretty much like a re they reenact a lot of scenes from the uh, from the first trailer for the the Tomb Raider game that came out. You know um, when they rebooted the video game franchise with you know a younger Laura Croft and stuff, and so you know I'm still hesitant now. Even I remember this is reminding me a lot of Assassin's Creed. (laughs) Yeah, you know it's a movie based on a video game. It's got these amazing stars, but Assassin's Creed was still not a good movie. Yep, and so it's like uh, Hollywood still hasn't grasped video game adaptations, unfortunately. But the fact that you
1: brought up the fact that the trailer is like the the, the game uh, could be a a great help and especially for the fans of the game. So,
0: yeah. We'll see. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm still looking forward to it. Um, One of my other films that I'm excited to learn more about and see and it should be coming out in 2018. It was originally scheduled for 2017, but it's called uh, Mute. And it's being directed by Duncan Jones, who did um, Moon, and he's been describing it as a spiritual success- sequel to Moon. So, and it's basically Alexander Sarsgaard, He's playing a mute, um, a mute guy, and he's a bartender. And basically, his girlfriend goes missing, and it's this mystery, science fiction mystery thriller where he's trying to basically find out what happened to his girlfriend but he's mute and so um, that's pretty much all that's known about it um, it's coming to Netflix Netflix has it releasing in 2018 they haven't set a firm release date but um, I'm, I've been kind of following this one for a little bit So it's also got Paul Rudd and Justin Thoreau, so like it seems it's got a good cast to it and yeah I'm just looking forward to seeing more about that
1: Well, since um, last weekend, uh, we were at parties, but there were a lot of other people that were at the movie theaters. So let's talk about the box office for last weekend. So um, once again, Star Wars came in number one, and it did $52 million for the uh, three-day weekend. Actually, yeah, the three-day weekend. uh, And uh, now it went down from uh, week two by 26%. But it's still plugging along, and its total gross now is over five hundred million dollars. So I don't know what, I, why these reports keep popping up about that it's not making money. It just is astounding because <laughs> I
0: mean, it's it's already over a billion dollars. Yeah, yes,
1: already over a billion dollars worldwide. Yeah. It's five hundred million in the United States in just three weeks. What more do you want? Do you want it I to mean, be in every movie th- theater possible?
0: <laughs> I think they're just. Of course, they're going to compare it to the Force Awakens, and so it's not doing as good as Force Awakens. But, so but you like, can't oh. you
1: can't compare that because that one that was a movie that there hadn't been a Star Wars movie in like ten years, and they were bringing back every, all the old old the stars. They were bringing back all the, everybody. The whole gang was coming back, and so yeah. you know you, that that buildup. Was just amazing, and we were hearing about it for years, and all the rumors that happened about that first one, that was it. You just can't compare the two because they're two know. different animals. I you know, <laughs> and, I, and it's a like really good movie too. And that's the
0: other thing. Yeah. I, I don't get oh, no, off there, on the, there, beat, there, the There is the divide. Yeah, there is the divide between audience and critics. You know, all the a lot of the critics seem to love this movie, but it's very divided between audiences like a lot of audiences are really not pleased.
1: And I, I don't get it whether it's because it's, once again another female lead or is it the fact that Luke is not the you know it's not for most of the film is not the hero that we expect him to be. Um, I just don't know, it's, but I I thought it was It's a, not
0: the female lead. I think it's mostly to do with the fact that um basically the film is kind of like going against everything that Star Wars has kind of set up, you know, um, it's going against the traditional Star Wars stuff.
1: So they, so they brought us an, so ori- like, so they brought us an original Star Wars film.
0: Though. I know. I, how, that's why I love
1: it. That's, <laughs> that's exactly why you should love it because it's original. Yeah. It's not a retread. It's not. It's not the crap that Lucas put out with the the prequels. You know, it's it's a really good original film with very strong yeah. characters and a great storyline. And I just don't get it. Well, speaking of, uh, so number two was Jumanji, which is, it's doing amazing. Um, it did $50 million over the three-day weekend, um, and it's done $169 million. Uh, Pitch Perfect 3 came in number three um, in its second week. at 16.8, so it's still doing well, and I could see why that would be a good film for people like families to go see on on the weekend. Uh, Greatest Showman did all right at 15. Um it added a bunch of theaters um, and it was actually up in its percentage. So it might, should, the Great Showman might have some legs because I think word of mouth is going to keep that around for a while. Uh, yeah. Then two animated films, uh, Ferdinand, uh, came in 11 and Coco came in number six at seven. Uh, a new movie, uh, All the Money in the World, uh, played at limited release, uh, about 2,000 theaters, and did $5.5 million. I really recommend this movie. Uh, Christopher Plummer, who replaced Kevin Spacey at the last minute, um, is amazing in it. Um, It's a really interesting film. Uh, Number eight is The Darkest Hour, which is about Churchill and and Dunkirk, which would go well with Dunkirk. If you go see Darkest Hour and then watch Dunkirk, you'll know everything you need to know about what was happening in England at that time. Uh, number 9 was Downsizing, and number 10 was Father Figures. Uh, another mo- movie that was very limited, only 270, um, is Molly's Game um, with uh, Jessica Chastain. It's based on a true story. Um, and um, I liked it. I didn't love it, but I did like it. Um, but uh, And Jessica yeah. Chastain is really good in it.
0: Yeah, I liked it too. Um, I don't understand all the, the hype that Idris Elba is getting. You know, like a lot of people are putting like him on their list for, you know, like best supporting actor and stuff and like I just didn't get that from Elba in this movie. Like he's good, but like he's But there's not he doesn't not, have to do it's a lot he's not great in it. He doesn't yeah. have
1: to do a lot, you know. He's not asked to yeah. in fact he's he's almost the second narrator in the film.
0: Yeah. That's, see, I didn't like that about the movie. There's just there is so much narration in this movie. Like, oh my god! Like every little thing is being narrated by Jessica Chastain. Like, I get having a little narration in the film, like at the beginning and stuff, but like, you don't need to narrate every single thing.
1: Yeah, that was my that was my big problem with the film is the fact that it narrate the narration goes on and on and on, and also that she explains everything to us and. I don't like it when movies over-explain things to the audience. I'd rather let me figure out. Let me figure out what's going on. I can figure it out. Let me do it.
0: Yeah. All right. Moving on to reviews. So we got a couple of movies coming out this week. You know, it's January, so everybody knows January is where you release films to die. You know, (laughs) January is not the month to release films, and so. The first film we saw of 2018 was Insidious, The Last Key, which is, it's the fourth film of the Insidious franchise, and basically um, the film follows um, the paranormal investigator Elise Rayner, you know, played by Lynn Shea, she's been, she's been basically the link between all four of the films, she's the one who's been in them all, she's the main focus, in this film basically you know she gets a call from someone and as it turns out it is it is her own home her own childhood home that is being you know haunted by these demons and so basically she has to confront her own past in order to basically save her house and um and yeah so um what did you think, Michael? you know what what is your your boredom boredom factor?
1: Uh, my boredom factor was about uh, 110. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's just it, it, first off, the dialogue in this film is horrible. It's just I mean it was like written by a ten year old. The dialogue is that bad. Um, I was bored throughout the film. I wasn't scared. The only time I got scared was because it was the jump out of the dark scare. Um, and I, I just, I just felt. And the, the thing is, is that the ending feels really rushed. Um, it takes a long time to get to that point, and then when she's battling the big bad demon of the film, it's just, it's like over in like a minute or two. And there's no, there's no real big battle. Um, I was, I was so bored in this film.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I wasn't as bored. Nowhere near as bored as you were, <laughs> with your massive number. Um, I would probably give it a three you know yes it is it's very slow in building it up um, you know it tries to ramp up this tension but it just doesn't doesn't quite do it enough and do it well enough um, I did like the way the story goes in this one more so than the others of the insidious franchise um, they I thought they did some interesting things with it um, in painting basically, People as worse than, you know, the ghosts and demons. So I thought that was really cool and something that I hadn't seen before. Um, I wish they would have gone further with that. No pun intended. Um, but, yeah, so I would give it a three. Um, how about eye-rolling factor? I imagine this is astronomical for you as well.
1: It is. It, it's a, it's even higher. I'd probably put it at a 1,000. Um, <laughs> I, I just... I just, I just didn't like this film, and I I just... I I liked the, the... We had... There's a couple of twists in there that I really liked, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, and I yeah. really liked that aspect of it, but they didn't explore it enough. And yes. and that would have been fascinating to go down that route instead of going the normal, jump out of the dark, try to scare you, um, that I just hate. I hate that. That's why I like the first Insidious, because... It built tension not through jumping out of the dark. It was a it built its tension throughout the film, and this one is just okay. It'll make you scream because some bad thing is going to jump out of the dark, and you know it's it's going to jump out, and you still scream. But uh, it's just uh,
0: boring. See, I didn't. I didn't like. I know a lot of people like the first Insidious. I didn't like the first Insidious. I I wasn't a fan of it. My favorite. And still a favorite, even after this movie, is um, the third Insidious. I really liked, because the third Insidious was the one with the um, the oxygen mask breathing guy demon thing, and I, I really liked that character. But um, as far as eye rolling for this, I'm giving it a four. Um, mostly because it tries to inject a lot of humor into it um, by the supporting, you know, Tucker and Specs, who are the supporting characters who basically assist. Elise with her paranormal investigations and like they're the comic relief and like all their scenes are just so cheesy, so hammy. It's just, you're constantly rolling your eyes and like it ruins any kind of tension that the film, that the the horror builds up because it's just, it's not funny and it's just, it's just annoying. You're rolling your eyes all the time for that. Best and worst performances. Was there a best for you, Mike? Um, no, there
1: really wasn't. <laughs> I, I, maybe the, the TV announcer. TV um, announcer. <laughs> there wasn't a good... Wow. I, I just didn't think... The performances are pretty bad in this film. Um, I there, There's not... And then worst, um, I got really tired of the two sidekicks. I just... Yeah. I mean, it just... It got really old really quickly, especially when the, any time they were around... Um, the, the two young girls that they meet um, it just got old incredibly quick
0: yeah um, I'd actually give the best to Lin Shea, who plays Elise she's the main character she is definitely the backbone of this franchise and you know she's as terrible as the script was like she did it pretty convincingly I would say she 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 was a good job um, but yeah. Uh, especially what Tucker, Agnes Sampson. For me, he was he was the worst. Like the other guy, Specs, um, Lee Lee Wainel, um, He's at least bearable <laughs> in the film, right? But um, the other guy was just pure annoying. Um, th- the movie was filmed in um, California, so there's no Atlanta recognition factor. Um, what would you overall? What would you rate this on the Atlas scale? What is your the first Atlas of 2018? It's, it's very sad. Where is, is it going? We're, you know, this is our first movie <laughs> to review. It's just really I mean, sad. This is this is this is what happens every January. Yep. Like we get these films. I, a lot of horror films. A lot of terrible films.
1: I, I would give it like a a uh, point five. Point
0: .5. Not even a full A. Nope this little tiny egg. little tiny a
1: <laughs> little ah
0: <laughs> yeah I'm I liked it more than you in case you couldn't tell from the from the review um I'm actually giving it a a two um that you know it it's definitely like <sighs> it's not the strongest in the franchise it's entertaining like it's worth a rental I would say you know, if you have Movie Pass and you're bored, and you want to go see a movie, if you want to go see a horror movie, it's not a terrible, terrible thing to do. I wouldn't spend any money on it. I mean,
1: well, and on my last one to lead website that comes out uh, today, I'm giving it a cable, which means I wouldn't pay money it's to cable. see it. Um, you know, it's not as bad as I wouldn't. You'd have to pay me to see it again, but. I wouldn't pay money to see it again. Um, yeah. It's just not its just not worth it. All right, so let's do another movie that's that's much better. Um, it's called Hostiles, and it takes place in 1892 where there's a legendary army captain, an Indian fighter, uh, played by Kristen Bale, and he reluctantly agrees to escort a dying Cheyenne chief, um, who's played by Wes Studdy, back to his native land so the chief can die at peace. Um, And it's a big Western. It's an adventure film. Um, Along the way, they pick up uh, Rosamund Pike, um, who is a um, widow. And uh, they're going to take her to another outpost uh, so she can take a stage um, and get back home. Um, But it's a big scale Western Christian um, Bale is is excellent in the performance. We'll talk a little bit about more, but this is just, I just love westerns, and I really really enjoyed this film. All right, so boredom factor. Um, I but my only thing about it is it's it's a little long. Um, it's it's over two hours in length, and there's a couple of places where it feels it. Um, it, it's it's an interesting film because uh, you've got Christian Bale who, as we know, is not always the most... Uh, he, he's a very subtle actor a lot of times. Um, so uh, we get to really know these characters and especially... It's, it's basically a, a story about uh, two people that hate each other and to, in order to survive they have to get along and they eventually become and understand each other and understand that their their side of the story wasn't necessarily the whole story. It wasn't necessarily right. Um, so I, I just, I thought it was a really, really good movie. Um, I, so as far as we're on eye rolling, right? I didn't, I didn't have any eye rolling in it.
0: Let I'm sorry. I, I have something to say Okay, <laughs> because I did not like this movie. I was not a fan of this movie. Um, i was really bored i'm giving it like a, a 4.5 huh. on board i'm like i it just moves too slowly for me it's so slow and like i get what the film is trying to do in building tension and it's like you know it's trying to do this subtlety but it just for me it didn't do it it didn't accomplish that it was just so boring and you know um I thought Christian Bale was just so stiff at all times, and it was just like, Oh my God, like when are you going to when is something gonna happen? Like this is worse than playing the organ Trail and it's just, oh my God, just get to the destination and then they get there and it goes on for like another twenty minutes. and I was like, just end. <laughs> so i was I was really bored with this movie, unfortunately, like. I know a lot of people are like saying great things about it, but I just I just don't see it. Are you do you like Westerns? I do like Westerns. Like I like um like Slow West. I remember watching Slow I really like Slow West, which came out a couple years ago and like you know, like I do like the Western genre. It's just I was just so bored by this movie. <laughs> it was like even in like the big Well, I wouldn't say there were big action scenes, but even like the action scenes and stuff that happened in this movie, it was just it didn't do anything for me. It was just it was I was exhausted by it. And I don't know, maybe I need to watch it again because, you know, like we saw this basically in the in the heart of Oscar season. So this is the point where we're watching like five, six movies a week sometimes two or three a day even so like we're watching a lot of movies and like i don't know maybe it was me watching watching this during that time and it's like uh i was just so tired by it um for eye rolling though i didn't i wasn't rolling my eyes in it because like there's there's not much it is very it is very dramatic so, like, there's not much eye-rolling in it.
1: Yeah, I also the, I also felt that it was... Uh, first off, I, I will caution everybody that it is extremely violent. Um, there's some rather violent things that happen in this film. Um, there's some rather uh, unsettling things that happen in this film also. Um, I, I like the fact that it felt very authentic. Um, and I also like the fact that um, you got to see the other side of the... Of the um, the hostilities between the uh, the white man and the Indians that you got to see the Indian side of it
0: and and see I didn't think they showed that enough. Yeah, I,
1: I, that's I was like, just, I would have
0: liked more to see from yeah, like City. Uh, right. Like I would have liked to see more of him and more of his. It very much felt like Christian Bale was dominating.
1: Well, the everything. movie was written by Scott Cooper for Christian Bale. He specifically yeah. wrote the part for Christian Bale. Um, I, I I would agree with that. The fact that I I would have liked a little bit more on the Indian side, um, but I still think it it does a nice job of of, and I think where it ends up at the end is I really liked that that portion. So
0: yeah, um, best and worst performances. Um,
1: I don't know. That's a tough one. I I liked. Um, uh, uh, Rosamund Pike in the film. Um, I would say pro- I would say probably as far as best performance, just because it's a pretty multi-layered performance. It's West, West study. Um yeah. I, th- I thought he was really good as as the chief, who's dying, and um, who just wants to get home uh, for one more time before he dies.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree on him. Um, I thought he was the best. You know, I already kind of said my thing about Christian Bale and how stiff he is in the film. Um, I also didn't like Jesse Plemons in it. I like Jesse Plemons as an actor; I think he's a great actor. But like, he just like this movie has so many great actors in it. Like Jesse Plemons is in it, Ben Foster's in it, um, Timothy Chalamet is in it briefly, <laughs> and it's just like it feels so wasted because, like, they don't do anything.
1: No, I disagree with that, but I'll go with Jeff C. Plemons also. Um, He just seemed out of place um, in this film. Um, He plays a a newly anointed uh, lieutenant, and um, he's just learning how to survive in Indian country.
0: But, yeah, so... Obviously, no Atlanta recognition, but... um, so, what would you rate this on your on the one to five scale? Well,
1: I've already said that I really enjoyed this film, so I would give yeah. it a I would get a Atla. Um,
0: atla. Yep. A full four, four to five. Yeah,
1: four out of five.
0: Yeah, I think I'm gonna give this another at, <laughs> another two. You know, I would say this is the same as basically Insidious for me. <laughs> <laughs> I would rate these equally. Um, yeah, I just wasn't, I wasn't a fan, you know, maybe in a couple of weeks I'll give it another watch because I believe they did send us screeners for this. So, um, I might see it again just to see if my, my opinions change at all. But like, I don't know. I, I wasn't a fan of it.
1: So this, so these two movies come out in the Atlanta area this weekend, um, uh, Insidious is, is out nationwide. Um, and then Hostiles are doing a slow release, so it's being released in Atlanta and a few other markets. Um, they're hoping for a good word of mouth and for some critic reviews, unlike Matt's, that'll boost it. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be an interesting weekend at the box office because I think now, I think just about everybody that had to see Star Wars has now seen it. So now you're now you're on to the people that don't care about Star Wars and are just going to see Star Wars because it's another movie or people that are seeing it again because they're big fans.
0: Yeah. And
1: I think what's what I've seen recently is I think it actually Jumanji, which I think is going to have legs because it, it's it's and I I didn't see it but everything I've read about it and everybody I've heard about it is such a fun movie to go see um that I think Jumanji this weekend is gonna beat out Star Wars
0: yeah I wouldn't be surprised that I remember somebody on Twitter said um that Jumanji is already the highest grossing film of 2018 because like I think it was like either on the first or second that like Jumanji was number one and it beat Star Wars. So for that time, it was the highest grossing movie. Yeah. So, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Jumanji. Yeah, beat Star Wars. I'm, I'm
1: looking at Jumanji doing around between thirty and thirty five million, and Star Wars doing around twenty two to twenty five million. Um, you know, it's going to be a pretty big drop off uh, with Star Wars. I think Insidious will come in number three. And I think we've seen now that Greatest Showman is actually getting some legs, and I think Greatest Showman will come in four. Um, and then uh, they're like they're adding some screens for Molly's Game. Um, that's the J- 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 Jastain movie that we talked about briefly, um, and that's going that's going up, rolling out pretty much nationwide this weekend. Um, so
0: yeah, and if say so it'll be an interesting. And
1: if you're still, if your kids are are still out or. Um, you know, you want to go see a great, great kids movie. Uh, go see Coco, because man, it's good.
0: Yeah. Um, so next week we'll be doing reviews of the Post, which is the uh, Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks movie um, coming out, and we'll also have Paddington Two. So um, and hopefully we'll have Emma back with us. Yes. Hopefully she's not staying in Nashville. <laughs> just just leaving Atlanta. That's her two. 2018 resolution. Forget it. Atlanta. I think
1: she'll be coming back cuz I don't think Fozzie went with her. So
0: I believe, yeah. I believe she be back. She'll be back. So got to take care of Fozzie. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, the whole the whole gang will be here next week. And that about wraps up episode 83 of the Atlas podcast. Thank you for joining us. Of course, if you like what you hear, be sure to like us, rate us, give us those five stars on iTunes, SoundCloud, Telegraph, all the services. Um, I am Matt Rodriguez. I am the owner and chief editor of ShakeFire.com.
1: And I'm Mike McKinney of LastOneToLeadToTheatre.com and ATLCW.TV.
0: And we'll see you next time. we will see you next week.